You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co- special guest co-host Latrice Ross, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid in the mainstream media. Good morning, Latrice. Glad to have you rocking with me this morning. Uh, how are you doing, Queen? I'm sorry. I'm going to get you live here. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, good morning, Montoya. I am happy to be here, part of the show. Beginning should be a fun conversation this morning. Uh, absolutely. For those that don't know, I always keep one of my queens of intellect rocking on the show with me to, in a sense, keep us men folk in check, if you will. And got some special guests on here, a couple of other brothers, uh, one returning guest and one first-time guest that I really, really want to highlight, if you will, again, being a first-timer. And I'll go ahead and start with um, both of our special guests before I even let the cat the bag on this morning show. So let's start with our first-time guest, Mr. Sean Hyman, host of It's Scary to Remarry. Thank you, King. We've been trying to link up and get this thing uh, together, and this is our first time rocking together. Glad to have you with us, if you will. Say hello to the truth seekers out there. Hello to my co-host, Latrice. And tell people a little bit about your background in addition to you being the host of this Scary to Remarry. Uh, Montoya, I appreciate it. Hello, Latrice. I've been following Mental Dialogue for years, so been a big fan of the show, so it's definitely an honor to be here. Uh, my name is Sean Heineman. I'm the host of It's Scary to Remarry on YouTube and also the podcast. And basically the idea came about with me going through a divorce after 14 years and asking myself, did I have what it takes to remarry. And sometimes we go through that process of uh, pain and and struggle, and then we say, if we're going to remarry, do I really have uh, the the strength to do this again? 
And that's where that came from. So I'm all about people loving fearlessly and open up, opening up their hearts uh, wholeheartedly if they decide to remarry again. Now, I love it. Um, you are actually the perfect guest for this morning's discussion. Um, but I'll go ahead and reintroduce uh, another um, returning guest. If you are a longtime listener, then you've heard this brother come on and uh, people know I like people to call in, and hopefully some people will call in and give us their stories today. If you are first-time listeners, when you call in, we call it giving us your three cents. Well, this brother has been a guest and quite often calls in and gives us four cents. Anytime he calls in, it's because it's that thorough. Uh, this is my brother, Emil Bryant. Thank you, King, uh, for being with us this morning. If you will, say hello to the truth seekers and give a little bit of your background and obviously in relation to today's discussion as well, highlight your uh, uh, marital status, if you don't mind, just to, you know, help people get a perspective of who we're bringing on the show. But thanks a lot, King, for being with us. It is a pleasure, as always, Montoya. Thank you for uh, bringing me back. Um I was married the first time 16 years. I was married the second time for about two and a half. Um, I am currently in a long-term relationship of just about, it'll be five years in January. Uh, And the reason why I wanted to do this show is because I recognize that in order for me to get to a point where I was healthy enough to have a a proper, committed, long-term relationship, I had to do some work. I call it the crucible. And I look forward to sharing with people how I entered into, prematurely exited, and then went back into the crucible to become the man I needed to be to have a healthy relationship. Now, I love it. Um, Latrice, we'll just turn it right back to you real quick. If you don't mind highlighting again, you were happy to jump on this morning's discussion question. I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Is dating after divorce harder for men or women? Is dating after divorce harder for men or women? So, Queen, uh, we'll give you. Um, the first segue into, again, just highlight your status as well. And matter of fact, you know, and start the way we always start. When you heard, first heard this question outside of your excitement, what was your actual first thought to this morning's discussion question? Um, thanks, Montoya. So my, my marital status is I was uh, married for over 25 years. I'm now divorced for um, six, I think, six or seven years um, when I – initially heard the the topic, I thought, ooh, this is definitely interesting, and um, my perspective is probably not going to be what people think it is, um, I, because I like to weigh both sides of, an, of, an, of a question. I love it. Well, thank you for those thoughts. And so um, for both of you gentlemen, we'll get started the same way. If you will, Sean, just your first initial thought when I say, hey, man, you know, you, as a matter of fact, I promoted, or promoted that we were doing it. And you was like, oh, man, this is going to be a good one. I was like, well, this is the one you should come on. And so you were able to look at your schedule and able to come on with us this morning. So thank you for making time. Uh, but same thing for you. When you first saw it and say it's a good one, uh, what's the first thought when I said, well, can you come on for this show? What crossed your mind? Just the first initial thought without going too deep. I said, I've been through a divorce and I remarried. I, I got out here in this dating world again. So I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> Nah, definitely a needed perspective. Um, Emil, I called you and said, hey, bro, I got one for us. And um, I said, I need you. What was your first thought when you heard the discussion question worded that particular way? Is dating after divorce harder for men or women? What was your first thought? Oh, it was a hell yeah. I I had to do the show. And uh, to be real quick, I don't know if it's harder for or easier for, but I do know it's a struggle. And I was like, let me talk about the struggle and deal with it like it really is. 
it, it was uh, I was ready for this one. Hey, glad again, glad to have all of you with your unique perspectives. My man has never been married, and so I, you know, I still hope to learn some things. Maybe you know, maybe you know, if, I, if this is a fair way to say it, maybe from y'all mistakes, maybe I can learn some things before I get into this thing the first time because I am looking to be married. I do make that noted. Uh, but with that said, um, we are gonna kind of jump into the um, first break here. Um, but I will highlight from my perspective. Um, just in a sense, is dating after divorce harder for men or women? My first initial thought, just to share this with the audience before going into the break, is I would guess in a, in most circumstances it's probably harder for the women. Uh, what I thought in putting this show together that I think um, having you, Sean, having you, Emil, that we as a society, I think most people would lean it would be harder for women in most cases, especially if children are involved. But I felt by having you both as guests, people might be surprised at the man's perspective. Uh, I got a, a, a good mutual friend of of ours, uh, Latrice, you know, D'Amico, he always says nobody ever want to listen to the men anyway. So it's a possibility that it may be just as hard, but ain't nobody ever listened to the men's side of it. So, again, I lean harder towards women just to put out my initial perspective. Uh, but, hey, let's see what we find out when we come back from break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a teenager or have a teenager who wants to be an entrepreneur, this commercial is for you. 20-year-old J.L. Priester brings you the Passion to Profits virtual webinar for youth 20 and under looking to get a jump start on entrepreneurship. JL started her first business at 14 years old and now teaches young entrepreneurs how by the age of 16, she was earning up to $75 an hour vending at events, sometimes bringing in over $1,800 in one weekend as an entrepreneur. JL's hands-on, step-by-step teaching style makes the Passion to Profits webinar an easy-to-understand guide into first-time entrepreneurship. JL also loves to share her marketing secrets for how she grew an online community to generate repeat customers. If you have an idea you are passionate about and want to turn that into a profitable, well-run business, then look no further than the Passion to Profit online webinar, Saturday, November the 20th, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For ticket info, please visit mycaponya.com. That's M-Y-K-U-P-O-N-Y-A.com. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. want to highlight one of our new sponsors, J.L. Priester and the Passions to Profit webinar. Highly recommend it for any youth that are curious about entrepreneurship. Shows you how to set up your business correctly as well as how to market it and at the end of the day make profits out of something that you're passionate about. So glad to have them on as a new sponsor. And for anybody that's a new listener, we definitely love highlighting and supporting those who look like us. We really actually vet who we allow to sponsor the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. So we bring you that real. So keep that in mind. If you have any teenagers out there, please look up mycaponia.com and get tickets for your children because we highly encourage our youth to get into entrepreneurship. This morning's discussion question, is dating after divorce harder for men or women? 
uh, special guest Sean Hyman from It's Scary to Remarry, as well as Emil Bryant, special guest co-host Latrice Ross. So to get this thing started, Sean, we're going to actually start with you as a special guest. Uh, again, um, love what you're doing with It's Scary to Remarry. Again, you have a unique perspective, if you will, on this particular um, discussion. When you were, in a sense, first out there the first time, in a sense, you've, again, you've been divorced, now married again, and you talked about that process for yourself. <clears throat> but when you were first out there, you know, in a sense, as a man, um, what were you hearing, in a sense? Because um, I feel like, to a degree, um, when you come, when you start talking about marital status, all groups, in a sense, kind of congregate towards one another, if you will. Uh, in a sense, did you run into other men who were in the same situation? And you know, initially, what were you finding um, before you started to work on yourself? Because I know that's the main thing that you focus on, and I respect that. And we'll get into that a little later. But just initially, uh, when you were finally had the curse to say, you know what, I am going to start prospecting again, if you will. Uh, what were you running into, and were there any similar thoughts between yourself and maybe other men in that cadre, if you will? Well, you were telling me. Um, and most of my friends were married um, at the time. So they were telling me more when I was going through my divorce because uh, I was separated from my ex-wife for about a year. So they were telling me, like, hey, why don't you get to just date, just get to know people, you know, do that kind of thing. But me personally, I was working on myself. I wasn't in a rush to just jump into a relationship even though I met my, my wife now online because I married her six months later. So the whole dating process for me was easy, I think, because with me being – I was 40 at the time. So it was one of those things where uh, I knew what I was looking for, um, and if they didn't fit that criteria, I, it was okay to drop that person. So it wasn't that hard for me, and I think I was just a little bit more mature as a man. But most of my male friends were saying, go ahead and uh, get to know other women. You know, you've been with one woman for 14 years get to dating and I'm kind of a one woman type man anyway. So, um, but that societal pressure will, it is real because people will tell you, you know, go do this and do that with different people. But that was never me. And I stood close to my morals and values. So it was a little easier for me. Okay. I respect that. Um, Latrice queen, if you will, I think you said 25 years. Um, and that's definitely, um, in my mind, when I hear that, I think that's one of the hardest things, um, when you've been married that long to say, all right, we're going to end this. And then to think if you, you know, if you're still in pursuit of maybe companionship after that, I think sometimes it'll, it'll even drive some people to stay married, if you will. So do you know what were in a sense, your thoughts initially coming out of it and what did it feel like for you as a woman, if you will? Um, it felt, um, it felt weird. It felt strange to me. Um, but one of the things that I did after my divorce, I spent the first three years after my divorce in counseling um, and therapy because I felt that it was important for me to properly um, assess what went wrong in my marriage and package it away so that I wouldn't take any emotional damage that I may have incurred during those 25 years into the next relationship with me. Um, and so it was actually my therapist who asked one day, um, you mentioned all these things you're doing, Latrice, but are you dating? And I, uh, my response to her was, should I be? 
And this was three years into my therapy. And she chuckled and she said, absolutely, you should be. And and that sort of um, started my journey um, into the land of the misfit dates, if you will. And um, it's been interesting, weird. Um, there have been a tremendous number of letdowns. And, um, and I've had the opportunity to talk to some of my male friends who um, also enter into the land of misfit dating. So... Um, there you have it. Now, it sounds good. Emil, I want to do the same thing with you again. I'm just doing this to get a little backdrop so for those listening out there, they just get an understanding of your position before you actually answer this morning's question. And we got a caller that wants to jump in. All right. So, if you will, Emil, you'll get you, uh, was, you know, one way of saying it, just being funny here, two time loser, right? Is that how they call it or something like that, the way they say it? <laughs> <laughs> but you're a two time loser. Uh, happily in the long term relationship now. So I will big up your current situation, so we don't just call you a loser today. Uh, but with that said, um, uh, just uh, when you were initially jumping out there, what was being said amongst, you know, yourself and maybe other men that were in similar situations? Again, that's just my assumption as a single male. Like, you know, single men congregate together, married men congregate together, and, you know, to a degree, divorcees might congregate together. Again, I may be wrong about that, but that's just my outside-looking-in viewpoint. Your thoughts, King? When I was when I was uh, uh, going through my divorce, there were three other um, people in my office who were going through divorce. So it was four of us at the same time, all of us going wow. through rather protracted, ugly, uh, messy divorces. Uh, one of them was married longer than I. He was married 25 years. I was 16. One of us was married, I think, 10 or 12. And then the other one, believe it or not, was less than a year. So each of us was... Uh, senior in our profession we each had uh, uh lots of life experience and yet here we were all of us with completely different histories going through the exact same scenario uh three men and a woman so uh we were uh uniquely gifted with each other to comfort one another and i never felt undue pressure from my male friends or my female friends uh, who actually outnumber my male friends to go out there and you know, restart my dating life. What they asked me to do that was, was so loving and so mature was they asked me to um, fall in love with myself, and I had no idea what they meant. I will talk about that later, but that's mm-hmm. what my encouragement was from my dearest friend, fall in love with yourself. And, man, it took me a while to figure out what the hell they were talking about. No, I love it. Again, just wanted to give some backdrop. We actually have a caller that wants to get in, so I'm going to let them jump in. And then after that, you know, I'll literally, you know, have y'all start answering the question just from your perspective. I've already said prior to the break, I lean towards, I assume that it's harder for women uh, from my viewpoint, but I want to hear y'all actual thoughts to that. But let's get the caller in real quick. Area code 901-LAST3151. Give us your name and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is the Asia. Hey, what's up, Queen? There's another Queens of intellect <laughs> closely following closely. So thank you, Queen, for getting on. You know, if you you know you keep if nobody else jump on, we might even find room for you. But what you got for us this morning, Queen? <laughs> yeah. So um, as you know, the um, I'm divorced, and um, the process like divorce is is very is very devastating. It's very tricky, um, and uh, once I got a divorce. I went through that process of what he was just talking about, about, you know, having to uh, relearn myself and to 
uh, start to just, like, really love myself and um, just to get to know myself again. Because I think when you've been married, and it's, especially if you've been married for a while, uh, you, you, can, you can lose yourself a bit in a person and you really don't even realize that you're losing yourself until you've lost yourself and you're kind of like outside of that situation and you could tell that, hey, you know, it's some parts of myself that I actually miss that you sometimes suppress in a relationship or in your marriage to actually make it work. Um, so I had to go through that process of just like relearning myself. And now um, I'm at a point where I am able to date. Um, like the gentleman was saying earlier about being able to weed people out better, I was able, the vetting process is easier for me. I, dating is a little bit harder because people are different now. But as far as as far as far just, you know, getting something off the ground, that part is hard. But as far as the vetting process, that's easy because I do know exactly what I want. I know how I want it. I know what I am, I'm, I'm, I can deal with and what I can't deal with because everybody come with some level of BS and you have to know your threshold for it. So nobody is perfect, but I'm able to, like, see those those small signs, those red flags, like, almost immediately now. So I don't waste a whole lot of my time. So I'm not, you have some people that, you know, if they've never been married before and experienced it and, and, they, and if they, got the voice and they didn't take the time to learn themselves or whatever, they will actually get their heart broken in the dating phase because they're not picking up on those those signs that are, are important. So it is necessary to take the time to get to relearn yourself, love yourself, and then don't waste a lot of time trying to compromise in the dating process. And I think that's what um, – a lot of people do unknowingly is make compromises and concessions for people instead of just saying, hey, this is something that doesn't work for me. I'm going to go ahead and let this go and just keep it moving. And that's where I'm at. And and, and, and to be honest, even though I'm a little exhausted with dating because I'm, I'm ready to be a wife again, but it's actually, it's, at some point, it's actually fun because I'm really getting to see I'm not so emotionally invested in people right now. Well, I'm just really getting to see people for what they for what they really are and it's it's kind of hilarious at times, but um <laughs> and I'm a little bit more patient now. It's not a desperate situation because I definitely don't want to go through a divorce again. That was like the most devastating time in my life where um I went to some very dark spots that I, I don't want to ever go to again. Now, well, thank you for your thoughts. Real quick before you go, um, just the simple perspective of the question. Again, we're going deeper, obviously, than what the question says. But from your perspective, would you say it was harder for men or women in your perspective as a woman? Is it harder for men or women to date after dealing divorce? Just real quick, and then we'll go. Uh I, I think it's a little harder for women. The reason why is because of how women are kind of perceived but, but, um, based on their past relationships, whether it's the relationships or how many men they slept with and things like that. Women are really judged uh, on their past experiences with men. And uh, a lot of times when we have to talk about, like I used to be embarrassed about telling someone that I was divorced. Like I used to hate when it when it, it got to that yes, point where I had to tell a man, you know, I was divorced or whatever. It was like really embarrassing because I felt like a failure. 
And um, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, the guy kind of look at you like, what's wrong with you and all that kind of stuff, you know, and you got to go through okay. that. So uh, I can't speak for how a man feel in that situation, but I know just being a woman, we are already, like, judged harshly about our mm-hmm. past experiences with men anyway. And so to have to bring up the, a divorce, uh, that's another layer of, of nah, embarrassment to me. Nah, thank you for your three cents, Queen. Um, I'm actually going to go to Latrice on that. Um, she just said, hey, that was her feeling, um, you know, not even wanting to bring it up. Latrice, anything similar for you as a woman um, in reference to that word, divorce, if you will? Um, when I think so what kept me in the marriage as long as I, I was there was because I was afraid of being perceived as a failure. That's what kept me there longer than I should have stayed. Um, once I left, um, it was more about venturing out into dating during these new times. And a lot of it was I was hypersensitive to what I perceived to be red flags. So for a lot of people that I interacted with, we never even got to the point of discussing why I was single because you might use a word incorrectly. And I was like, ah, nope, red flag. Um, so I had to get past that and actually mm-hmm. step into dating. So then, then I actually felt that it was because I, at my age, I was single. I felt that it sort of made it safer for me um, because if I've been single all these years, then clearly there's something wrong with me. But if I've been in a relationship for most of my life and now I'm not, then that to me made it seem that I wasn't a certain type of woman um, in a sense. No, I think yeah, that it makes sense. No, it does make sense. It makes sense. All right, um, Shannon and Mill, real quick, y'all, we've got another caller as well. Um, do men experience that word about I'm a failure once they, you know, did y'all experience that concept of we hear, you know, to again, least two later, you know, our caller as well as um, Latrice saying that that was a fear and it kept her, actually kept her in a marriage. So do men think about being a failure after having come out of a, 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 a divorce? Uh, Montoya, I can tell you unequivocally, yes. Uh, I didn't want to be perceived as divorced. My parents were divorced. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a single father. I didn't want my wife to be a single mother. I didn't want my ch- kids to be children of single parents. Uh, I didn't. I, all of that. All of the neuroses and psychoses associated with those fears of being uh, stigmatized as a, as mm-hmm. a black man, as a black single dad, you know, deadbeat dad, all of that was was swirling around in my head all the time during the marriage and then after. And it just became overwhelming for me. And one of the things I had, and one of the reasons that led to my second marriage, uh, premature, because I wasn't done cooking, I wasn't done with my self-development. And then one of the reasons why it ended prematurely was because of that. So for me, um, Feeling that was incredibly powerful and overwhelming sometimes and deeply affected my decision-making in how I dated, whom I dated, when I dated, uh, after my first marriage ended. Uh, And, you know, it took a lot of growing up after my second marriage ended for me to see that all of those self-judgments were not helpful in how I was going to live my best life and be a good companion to someone who wanted a companion like me. So I had to really learn how to get past all of those stigma in order to um, get comfortable with my status as a man who had made the decisions that he had made to 
end up divorced and then decide to love myself and decide to have a healthy relationship post all of that thought. Wow. Okay. Makes sense. Um, Sean, your thoughts, and then we'll um, get to a caller um, after after you give your thoughts as well. Like, you know, what's, what was your experience of, of that idea of feeling like a failure? Uh, it, it possibly. I don't know if you felt that or not. Yes, I did. I, I totally agree with everyone on the call <clears throat> because I would take it from another angle. Even I was like in the church. So uh, going mm-hmm. through that process. Mm-hmm. Even, I can imagine. Even fit, yeah, feeling that, that condemnation. Like, is God going to bless me if I divorce and I don't want to upset him? I don't want to disappoint him. So if I divorce, is my life going to look like trash after this? You know, going through that that whole process. And like the uh, the other guy was saying about uh, going through in your head where you like, I don't want to be a single dad. I don't, I had to pay child support and alimony for a year. I had to go through that process. So my marriage was actually over. We were married for 14 years. My marriage was over. I would say maybe year 10. I just mm-hmm. stayed in it that extra four years just to see if possibly it can work. So our marriage was over before it it actually was over. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's, that's that's amazing. So, hey, in that instance, as far as that feeling afterwards, um, definitely hearing that it's similar between men and women to kind of go through the same thoughts, maybe slightly from a different perspective, but you kind of all have that feeling of failure uh, for, for many reasons. Let's go to a break. When we come back, we're going to uh, open up the phone lines more. we got Kevin from South Carolina looking to get in here. We'll get him in coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases, and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, is dating after divorce harder for men or women? Our special guest co-host is Patrice Ross. Our special guest, Sean Hyman from the Scary to Remarry um, podcast, as well as my man, Emil Bryant. Um, Kevin from South Carolina wants to get in on this morning's discussion. How you doing, Kevin? What you got for us, King? Thanks for um, calling in. How you doing, brothers? How you doing, everyone? It's definitely harder for women. I compare it to 2019 um, uh, job market versus 2021 today's job market. In 2019, the job market was hard to get, or is uh, you know hard to you know get jobs and that. See, men are in the position now where you know just like people are you know now you need to sign up the signing bonus to get me now if that make any sense to you men 
women carry with them, unfortunately, they have the children with them. They have uh, whatever situation with the ex with them. And men take this into account. Now, you might be going on dates as far as being chosen, like you said, to be a wife or something like that. Or it's way more harder for a woman than it is for a man. Because we don't carry that with us. You know, does that make any sense to you? The stigma of, of being an ex, uh, like you said, men, and the, 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 the young lady just said just now, men do worry about what's wrong with you. You know, why did you, we tend to put that on them because women do leave the marriage greater than the man does. Because the man really wants to hold on to the marriage, even though he might not be doing what he's supposed to be doing. But women will end it. And men that are dating you afterward, they don't want that that baggage. Like like Erica Baduce, bag lady. You know, they carry a lot of baggage. They carry a lot of anger with them from the previous uh, relationship. They carry a lot of mistrust for the next man that they they, they date. Uh, they got their children that are growing up. Uh, a lot of them are almost, you know, teenagers and stuff. They come with their uh, uh, drama, you know, because they're mad about their parents being separated and whatnot. And men tend to don't want that as we get old, especially as we get older. We don't want that that drama. We don't want that 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 headache, you know. Our, and then we got so such a big pool to pull uh, pull from. There's way more women out there on the market than it is men, so it's harder to get uh, us than it is to get them, you know. I mean, I hate to say it, but they, you know, women come a dime a dozen when a man is back put back out there on the market. I'm a little, Latrice. I'm gonna let you bite into him first. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna get out the way Thank right you. now. I'm gonna get out the way. I'm out the way. Hey, this is the so, Latrice. This is just became the Latrice Ross show. So if y'all don't hear no more from me for the rest of the show, um, you start to say I just turn the show over to Latrice. He's yours, he's yours so, Latrice. I'm out the way. <laughs> In a sense, you had me and you started, but then you you brought up the point, they come with baggage. Do you recognize that anyone who's been in a committed relationship that fails comes with baggage? And if they don't properly process that baggage and put it in its proper place in their lives, they carry that baggage with them? And it doesn't matter what the gender is, they have a brain, and that's how the brain works because the brain doesn't want you to experience bad things again. It's designed to keep you safe. So when you feel, when you encounter a trigger as a male or a female that, that was a part of your previous relationship, that baggage rears its ugly head. And nowadays you have men who have, you know, first of all, to say that, that women carry the baggage of children, if you have small children and you divorce, it should be that both parents have that baggage of children, if you will, if you want to call your children baggage. But as a responsible parent, there are going to be weeks or weekends when that dad has, has parent duty, and that means that they, they are not open to that possible date that they wanted to go into. Um, secondly, saying that, you know, are, that women um, come a dime a dozen, is that the phrase you use? Maybe it's the type of women that you're encountering, but a good woman who wants to be in a solid, committed relationship is not a dime a dozen. Let me tell you, I am not a dime a dozen. 
Um, so it depends on the type of women that you're going after because we, I, I, for me, I'm a diamond in the rough, if you will, because there's rough waters out there, and I'm a good person. I have a good job. I'm, I, I have done the therapy to ensure that I don't bring emotional baggage into a relationship. So the person that gets me gets a gym. While there are women out here who are on the second date, they're asking for a man to pay their bills or buy them furniture. I second and third that she is a diamond in the rough for anybody that thinks she's just saying that. I second and third that emotion just to to highlight that. I know how to stay on the good side of these queens, uh, (laughs) if, if, if you will. But no, I, re- I definitely expect, respect where she's coming from and just want to highlight that, um, yeah, I do agree. There's no way. I don't think um, people that have done the work, self-work, if you will, we're always talking about that anyway, um, come a dime and does it really on either side of it. Um, Sean, if you will, your thoughts in hearing her response. I'm going to let Kevin jump back in in a second. He just has a little background. Kevin, just so you know, you got some background noise. I think you may have a show in the background. So I would have let you just go back and forth with Latrice, but right now I'm going to get you back on, but you do have some background noise, and I was trying to just cut that cut that off the air. But, Sean, go ahead and give a response before I let Kevin jump back in. Yeah, I agree that it depends on <clears throat> who you decide to date. I feel where, where the brother was coming from, saying, like, the whole women, I'm a, I understand where it's coming from, but at the same time, I see what Latrice is saying, that it just depends on what kind of woman that you're choosing because there are some amazing women out here. But I think some guys don't put themselves in in the right position to not be ready because I I think a lot of men don't do the necessary work going through a divorce because we always compartmentalize our feelings. Uh, And that was something Mm -hmm. that I had to deal with personally Mm -hmm. and and recognize my faults. One of the reasons my, my wife's, that I'm married to now says she loved me was because I owned up to where I went wrong in my first marriage. And mm-hmm. I think that takes a lot of uh, bravery and, and personal responsibility. And that's, that's actually a green flag when people can admit their issues and right. willing to do the work. I think that's a lot of growth in a person. I think that's a green, a green flag for sure. Yeah, I can, I can, I can respect where you're coming from, Sean. Again, Cal, I'm going to let you get back in and I want to to give a quick thought as well. But I can respect where you're coming from because, and I've seen it with a lot of my friends who, have, you know, maybe been through a divorce, and a lot of my friends are, you know, remarried now or married for the first time and doing very well in their marriages. So I love to highlight the fact that I'm surrounded by, um, a, you know, some great marriages, if you will. Um, but I definitely have seen that perspective where, um, like you said, understanding where Kevin's coming from to a degree. If you step out and, like you just said, Sean, if you haven't done the work and owned your part then there is a, a concept of a dime of dozen as far as just being able to kind of run through, uh, if you will, just being calling it what it is, a certain type of women to the degree where you think there's a dime a dozen, but unless you do the work, you're not, probably not going to find and end up in a situation like you found yourself in right now, Sean, because without it, you will just kind of hold everybody else accountable and you'll have relationships, but they probably won't be as meaningful, meaningful, meaningful. Um, is kind of what I hear you saying. Is that fair, Sean, before I let Emil jump in? Yes, and, and I just want to add one more thing just real quick. I totally agree with that, but I, one of the reasons I was able to remarry was because I owned up to my, my trash because I, I, there was a lot of stupid stuff and maturity that I had to learn, and I believe that sometimes we might not be able to find the right person because we're not willing to admit our own issues. No, absolutely. Emil, quick thought, and I want to get Kevin back in here as well. Yeah, um, 
a certain type of woman is a dime a dozen, but there's a certain type of man that's a dime a dozen too. We don't talk about that as much because we like to talk about how there's a scarcity of men due to mass incarceration. And while those numbers may be true, what's not true is the caliber of the man outnumbering the caliber high-quality man versus a high-quality woman. Those are a different ratio, and those are much harder to, uh, to quantify so easily and with a blanket statement. There's a lot of men like myself who were denied the opportunity to be the full-time custodial parent. I would have loved to have been the full-time custodial parent. So I longed for the opportunity to be around my children as much as possible, which meant that my, my life revolved around how I was going to see my children first. So anytime I was in a situation, I had to make sure that my relationship accommodated my need and desire to be as much of a father physically as I could be. All of that painted a picture of the type of woman I was going to date. Did I encounter a certain type of woman? I sure did. But the ones that I wanted were harder to find and much more, much less likely to be so uh, free with their body or with their time when they saw that I had a priority in my life. So there is absolutely a quality requirement, and it goes both ways. It ain't just, you know, uh, men who have a plethora of opportunity. Women mm-hmm. out here have plenty of men to choose from, too, they get to discern just as much as a man does. And I think it's very important we recognize both of those sides of the equation. Now, I'm glad you brought it up. And I always like to always qualify with what we can quantify because people think the numbers are skewed, made way worse than they really are. And even with the incarceration situation, um, black the black community does have men that outnumber just I'm talking about just the simple numbers but like you said when you get into the quality numbers this looks very different but the numbers that we can easily quantify the ratios are nothing like people assume it's just kind of been um kind of perpetrated falsely um but if every adult woman black woman were able to marry an adult black man it's only 12 to 11 is the um, the ratio. And that number doesn't change even in the black mecca of Atlanta and Washington, D.C. Um, if you, and I'll give you some more numbers just to, and I'll let Kevin jump back in. But even if you look at the, the dating, like the dating range of ages 20 to 45, 20 to 45, if you will, in Atlanta, um, there's like 1.2 women to one man. So, you know, but the ratios, it's, I grew up coming, I came to Atlanta and people were talking about it's 12 women to, you know, one black man. So men got got their way with it. So people say these things and these numbers, the actual numbers are nowhere close to what people say. And then like Emil just pointed out, when you start looking for quality relationships, those numbers even out way more than people realize. And it's a matter of what Sean's talking about. When you do the self work, that's what shows up. And there's there's an abundance of trash out here due to us not failing to do our own self-work, probably due to what we've learned and things of that nature. But as far as quality goes, though, we don't outnumber each other the way we that way we think. All right, Kevin, I know we left you out there for a while. You got a minute and a half before we go to break. Go ahead and get it in, King. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, like you say, if you want to say, oh, the, the, the special right person, yeah, I, I'll give you that. But reality shows, if you ask many of the people, I've been studying this quite some time now as far as relationships. 
the great vast majority of men wind up getting remarried, and the women don't. That right there in itself shows you it is much easier for men to remarry or men to jump back into the dating scene than it is for women. Now, women get this misconstrued in their heads that, you know, it might be better for No, it's, it can't be better for you. I might be messed up mentally, but my mental is inside of me. What, what I'm trying to say is men see things, see y'all as visual. They see what you got going on. They see, like I said, baggage is what they don't like to hear that word, but men see that as baggage when they when you do have children. They take that into account. Like you said, there's times you got to do this, there's times you got to do that. Men want their woman to be accessible to them. And the, and the, and the more you are least accessible to them, your chances are, I mean, lessen with that man. So let me I mean, say this. That was the purpose of you getting married. We got a brother break. Thank you for your call. Okay. Thank you for All your right. call. We'll let you get back in. I will say, based on what you were talking about and what Latrice said to you, you've moved the goalpost, just keeping it real with you, Kevin, in the sense of what she addressed with you. It wasn't just a conversation of which was easier or harder. We were just talking about the perspective that you gave in reference to um, how you saw women as coming in with baggage, kind of devoid of the fact that that goes both ways is what she pointed out. And, and it does go both ways. And so, again, you just saying, well, who's it easier for? I don't even know if any of our guests would disagree with you on that part, but that's not what you were saying a minute ago. Just wanted to highlight that. We're up against the break. You definitely can get back in, but you have to come off the one and back on the one if you want to get back in, um, Kevin. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you trying to figure out your next income stream? Maybe get into cryptocurrency, real estate, or maybe even start your own business. If so, contact the KG Hire Company to receive a professional consultation or strategy session to provide you the advice you need to get a jump start on your new venture. If it's a new business, there's nothing like having a business consultant review your finances, strategy, or marketing. If it's real estate, the KG Hyatt Company specializes in evaluating deals for profitability and securing special financing for creative real estate acquisitions. If it's cryptocurrency, then look no further than the KG Hyatt Company to master the components of blockchain technology and investing into cryptocurrency. Serving Atlanta since 2016, the KG Hire Company is an industry leader in customer experience and getting your money's worth. Contact them at kghire.com or 833-544-9288. Again, that's 833-544-9288. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question is, dating after divorce harder for men or women? Our special guest is Sean Hyman of The Scary to Remarry, as well as Emil Bryant. Uh, Latrice, let me go over to you. We've got another caller, Brother Pianchi wants to get in. Uh, we'll go to you real quick. So to a degree, I agree with Kevin on this one thing. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and he highlights that, and, he, and he's, he's right about this when he says, Men typically will look at the woman with children and say you're a divorcee with children as the children, unfortunately, may be looked at, quote, unquote, as some type of baggage. I do agree that as men, sometimes we do, we will do that. And then while you said it should be looked at the same way for the man, the reality is I don't think women do that as much. Or do y'all? 
do you see a man, even though he may not have the children full time, like Emil says, he that's what he wanted in his situation. And I know a lot of men like Emil, a lot of great brothers who that is their full desire, even after a divorce, if you will. But as women, do y'all look at it? I would assume, let me say this, as a woman, y'all refuse to see children in that from that viewpoint. I will agree with Kevin that, unfortunately, as men, sometimes we do do that, though. Um, your thoughts, just kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, if you will, Queen. Sure, Montoya, I'll answer that. And I, and I agree that, that men will often view women with children as baggage. I've had discussions with men about that. As for me, because my children were adults when I left my marriage, I, it was not a consideration for me to date any man who had small children because whether you spent time with them or not, the fact that they were present, you should be spending time with them. And so that would interfere with my time. And I felt that after I've raised my children, I have a right to be selfish with the person that I'm dating. And so for me, I did view that as a hindrance to us mm-hmm. us entering into a relationship, but I didn't view them as baggage. I viewed, right. them, I viewed them as no responsibility. No, it makes sense. Any thoughts from either one of you, Emil, although you've, you know, like I said, you were wanting to have your children full time, so I'll let you kind of jump in on that one first. Just your thoughts in reference to, again, this morning's discussion question, is it harder for men or women? And so what do you think about that in particular, the, the quote-unquote hindrance or baggage of children? How do you see that? Uh, you know, I, I, see it, I see it very similarly to Latrice, and I appreciate her perspective. Uh, men do not want to raise another man's child. I'll be very clear with that. A man who does is a saint. Um, I tried it in my second marriage. I did a really good job for the time I was there, but it's harder than um, anybody can ever tell you. But I will tell you this, that if you want to be selfish like Latrice, you know, you set that parameter up and say, I do not want to have young children in my life. I've been there, done that then that becomes a, an easy way to filter out who's not going to come into your life, and it becomes a way to help you gauge whether or not you truly want that person. Um, mistakes can easily be made by you thinking the love you have for an individual transcends your desire to help them raise their young, younger children. And I'm going to give you uh, – uh, I got plenty of cases in point from myself and others where that love – does not work if that is not the heart of the individual to help raise those children. So in that case, what I say, what I heard Latrice say, I'm going to repeat it loud and clear. It is easier to date when you have made it clear whether or not you want young children in your life, whether you're a man or a woman. Once you make that decision, you have to filter out all the people who could be eligible to date. So that makes it harder whether or not you're male or female. Sean, your thoughts, King? Yes. I And honestly, Kevin is, he's he's dead on. I mean, and I'm just speaking as a man. I understand where Latrice is coming from. I think women have a little more love in that area towards raising other people's kids, and that's not a blanket all women. I think some. But as a man, when you're going into, when you're dating, you're, you're asking yourself, um, some people you might eliminate because you like, okay, she have a one year old and cause a lot of times as men we thinking, all right, so do they still have ties to the father? Are they still intimate? 
Like, can he still kind of get it when he wants to because the baby's still young? You know, how are their interactions? And do you really even want to deal with uh, that amount of drama depending on the father? Because you got to go through that process. He might be a good guy. He might be trash. Who knows? But those are the things that you do have to weigh. And if you are older, um, you have to look. Do I really want to date somebody that have younger kids? Because you might, you know, you're looking like you want to retire soon, but here it is, you're raising this one-year-old, <laughs> you know? So I do think as men, we do look at that, and we do look at that as baggage. It just depends on where you're at in your life. Uh, makes sense. I'll so, throw this Montoya, out. You know, can I, I ask? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can please, I add uh, that, that women, women who raise their children also have that perspective? So maybe perhaps if a woman is in the midst of child rearing, actively child rearing, then she may feel that it's okay to welcome other children into that. But for women like me who've raised our children or for women my age who don't have children, nine times out of ten, we look at a dude with a young child like, oh, you got baby mama drama. I don't want that in my life. Mm -hmm. So we have similar perspectives when it comes to that. And so that's why it, it, it pays to have conversations with the other side about what your thoughts are on this. Because many of my friends who are in their 40s and 50s, they look at a dude with a one, three, five-year-old, like, nah, um, they got baby mama drama. They got child support issues. They got all of these issues that come with parenting a small child, whether it's male or female. So we have similar um, thoughts as you. We may not vocalize them as men do. But we have those same thoughts when it comes to dating men at a certain age with small children. Right. I, I would throw out uh, where I think Sean and Kevin may be coming from to a degree. I, I'm not, I, I was about to say I think a little different, and I'm going to share that in a second here. Um, but I do, I do understand. I think men kind of think that way throughout their lives, whereas the, the circumstance you're saying, I definitely clearly hear women pretty much verbalize, yeah, I'm definitely not dealing with young children at this point, especially at the age I'm at now. Dating, right. you know, women. I agree point. with that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just throwing out that I think, yeah, there is definitely the same thought. I just think the life circumstances in general can be a little, yeah, just a little different by the time y'all make that, that thought process. Well, a young boy might be that way from the age of 13 throughout his entire life, just thinking that way mm-hmm. in general about, you know, having children, if you will. Now, myself, my personal take for me was, um, this I want to share real quick before we go to Brother Pianchi. Um, growing up in the hip hop generation, where in a sense, you know, we're you know we're in this situation where, um, you know, a lot of single mothers now, if you will, and um, it's obviously gotten worse over the years, if you will. At least that's how I consider that. But not you know not to disparage anything. But what I would say for me, I always was cool with the children. Um, my perspective. I'm, again, I've never been married. Or whatever, but I always thought that that wouldn't be a problem. I still feel that way. And but the thing for me is, I grew up as a young man thinking I would never want anyone not to choose my mother because of me. And so, I never mind dating dating women with children because I love children or whatever. And certain you know certain situations, I feel my long term situation, you know, in a sense, I maybe in a sense fulfill that role. So I never had a problem with it, um, even in my long term situations. Um, as well, you know, and, and one in particular where um, even after me and the mother departed, I stayed in the boys' lives, two, two boys, for a couple of years, and eventually she just kind of was like, I want to rekindle the situation, and it's too much for me even to have you around the boys. As much as you mean to them, 
um, is too hard for me to move on. And so I had to respect her wishes. I didn't even want to because I was so connected to the boys. And a couple of my friends were like, bro, you got to give her that. I mean, I was actually against it at first. You know, I now see I was wrong in my, my mindset. And luckily my friends, you know, kind of talked me through, like, you got to give her that or whatever, because I was committed to the boys at the time because I, you know, spent a couple of years, about two and a half, three years of raising them. And so I was very attached. Um, so I always had a different perspective, but I definitely agree with Sean that a lot of men, more men think like that. Um, let's go to um, Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis. Hey, Brother Pianchi, what you got for <laughs> You know that issue with raising somebody else's kids, some other man's kids, works fine to them kids tell you you ain't my daddy. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Definitely happens sometimes. And then another thing, you was making mention about the parity. The parity might be close in Atlanta because a lot of people head to Atlanta. But also you got to remember about you got a lot of males in America, in Atlanta that really ain't looking for females. And that's a consideration that you have to take. But elsewhere in the country as a whole, when you come, when you talk about the ratio of black males and black females, you got about 52% black females, you got about 47% black males, and you got 1% of males that really don't know which way they're going to go. Another point you made that you ain't never been married, so how you know if a diamond is rough or smooth? Second thing, a lot of black males is going. A lot hey, of black hold males hold on, hold on. is going to places hey, like Brazil. Because you call me out, brother Pierre, I'm gonna cut you off and ask you. So, <laughs> that's funny, but I want to ask you out so you can call me out. So don't I have, don't I gotta be able to figure that out to find the right one though? I mean, so I ain't gotta have. Yeah, I don't but have to you have like to figure out if a woman's a diamond is a diamond dozen or a diamond in the rough. I, got, I hope I can figure that out because if I get a diamond dozen, I know it ain't gonna work, right? <laughs> Well, you're supposed to call people like myself or the other gentleman. There you go. So but another thing. Now, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. You got another thing. You got a lot of black males that's going down to places like Brazil and going to West Africa. I'm taking my grandson to West Africa and hide his passport so he can't leave right away. But uh, there is a difference between women from those two geographical locations compared to what you have here in the States, believe me. Anyway, thank you very much, sir. All right, I'm going to let whoever wants to jump in on uh, Brother Piaki's thoughts, whoever wants to jump in, who go ahead and jump in on that. Any thoughts Any any thoughts about what he had to say in reference to the dating pools, I guess is what he was mostly talking about. I, no thoughts? As, as far as the, I, the dating pool, I, I agree. But I do agree with what he's saying, too, as far as with men thinking about the kids, you know, you're not my daddy kind of thing. Like, that, that's a rough transition. And, and even if you are raising, say, a teenager, if you get into a relationship with somebody who have a uh, – even in my, in my case, when I remarried, my wife, was, my wife was 12 years younger than me, and then she was taking on a 14-year-old teenager. That was not easy, but we got through it. But she graduated high school, and we got her through, and, you know, she moved back home with her mom. But you have to really consider those things. And I think a lot of times we, we underestimate the the amount of energy and commitment it takes raising somebody else's little baby or even raising a teenager. 
And I think sometimes we, we look at it as, well, I just love the mom or the dad. But that very thing can be the demise of your relationship. Nah, great point. We're at the top of the hour, so we're, I wonder, to break. we're at the top of the hour. So I wonder if he ever, <clears throat> hey, Montoya, I wonder uh-huh. if he ever thought about going places like Brazil because there's a like a small group of black men. Men used to uh, hang out on the on Blog Talk Radio and talk about their experiences in this particular place, Brazil. And yeah, I've heard about. They seem like they were happy. Yeah, well, but both our guests, uh, both our guests right now are in long-term committed. Sean's married, and then Emil's on a, in a long-term situation. So, but I've definitely heard about that. But we were at the top of the hour, um, brother Fianca. Thank you for calling in this morning. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Method Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. This morning's discussion question is: Dating after divorce harder for men or women? Please give us a call at six four six. Seven eight seven one six nine one. You have to press one if you want to give get in on this morning's discussion. I see some other callers out there. If you want to get in on this discussion, please press one. We'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. 10-year process, 15-year process, it'll cost you $250,000, and it'll tear a big chunk out of your life. And also, it will really disrupt your relationship with your kids. And, you know, you you bring kids into a step-parent family, they do not do as well. Step-parents are not as good parents as biological parents, and the data on that is clear. Now, obviously, there are exceptions, because there are terrible biological parents, and there are wonderful step-parents. But if you look in aggregate, it's not that easy to care for children. You need everything you can binding you to them. And if they're someone else's children... Mostly they get in the way of the person that you love, right? 
Well, if I'm, let's say you have a child, I'll be right out. Let's say you have a child and I want to go out with you. Every second you spend with that child is the second you don't spend with me. And, and there's going to be a price for that. I'm not going to be happy about that. And, and if I have a child, you're going to feel exactly the same way. You might say, well, no, I love children. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure you do. I doubt it. You might love your child. And, and you know, it's pretty specific the way that people love children. So, and the rate of abuse for kids in step-parent families is way higher than it is in biological families. There's not even any comparison. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host, Latrice Ross, with this morning's discussion question. Is dating after divorce harder for men or women? Our special guest is Sean Hammond from his Scary to Remarry podcast, as well as Emil Bryant. Um, Emil, I don't think we've heard from you. I just played a little cut in reference to this concept of uh, the willingness of men or women to raise children quite, quite often. That is a part of this process, right, um, in the sense of is it harder for men or women to date after a divorce? And so, um, you know, your thoughts um, to maybe what you've heard before, even the um, Jordan Peterson cut that I just played, who, who talks about that reality, whether we recognize it or not, it's not easy. I am of the ilk that I love children and have enjoyed it, but, again, my longest t- time was about two and a half um, three years, which extended to about four or five years after we were no longer dating, if you will, uh, but never having been, you know, married, I haven't experienced it full time uh, um, like some of you have, and you said you were in a similar circumstance. So, just your thoughts in reference to how hard this really is after a divorce. It, so, uh, Latrice earlier talked about, and I'm just gonna second it before I go down this path, that once you have your children out of the house, my children are 24 and 26, I really have no heart to raise young children again. And I love young children. Trust me, I love them with all my heart. But I want them to go back home. And uh, there is something to be said for having gone through the process of raising a child to adulthood and then want to run it back. I'm in my 50s, I do not want to run it back. So I'm ready to be a grandparent, and I will spoil my grandchildren. Uh, when, I was, when I was with my uh, second wife, I loved her children dearly. And I thought my love for them, my love for her, would carry me through. And that wasn't the reason why our relationship didn't, didn't work. But I'll tell you, I carried a giant load as a man trying to um, help her raise her younger children. My children were several years older than hers at the time. Mine were teenagers when hers were still in elementary school. And the hardest part about that was that the tools I used to raise my children through that part of their life I, were not accessible to me because I raised my children a very specific way so that when they were teenagers, I had tools accessible to help them navigate their teenage years. I mm-hmm. raised them in a very specific way. I was trying to adapt what I did for my children to uh, my second wife's children, and some of it worked and some of it didn't because they didn't have that long-standing background that mm-hmm. I needed to draw on to help raise them. So now I'm in this process of learning, learning, and growing, learning, learning, and adapting, learning, learning, and trying and failing. At the same time, I'm learning how to be a husband to my second wife, learning how to be a father figure to, their, to her children and learning how to navigate my own personal life with me 
uh, at the same time in those two roles. Plus, I'm trying to be a father to my children. So all of those pressures working uh, don't work together very well unless you have a very specific plan, a very specific type of relationship, and a very specific type of uh, energy. And if you don't really have an understanding of those three factors, you're not going to do well in that situation, and you will either resent the children, resent the, 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 the new spouse, or resent yourself for putting yourself in that situation when you don't, don't know everything you need to know or not ready to handle all of that responsibility. No, nah, it makes a lot of sense. And the thing I want to, you keep saying this, and I want to highlight it, and it just reminds me of another show. Let me get to the callers. we got Kevin and um, um, DeAsia wanting to get back in, so I'm going to let them back in. Um, but the thing I want to highlight that you keep reiterating is that love ain't going to carry you through. And that's something that we just quite often lose sight of just in initial relationships. But, yeah, taking on uh, the, the responsibility of other people's children, if you are willing to do so. I agree with Sean. Most men are definitely in the position that that's not their take. Um, as Latrice said, if, you know, a lot of women to a degree get life circumstances where they feel the same way, and it's a fair and respected thought. Like we're in a society now where people will try to even demonize you for that, but, yeah, put that on up front and don't take that on if you're not wanting to, but also don't make the mistake that Emil keeps alluding to of thinking that love will carry you through because there's much more to it to that. And like you said, you'll end up resenting the situation. So definitely appreciate those thoughts. Um, let's go to um, um, Kevin trying to get back in this thing. All right, Kevin, um, give you one more shot at the king. What you got? All right. Uh, <laughs> now, another uh, point that was made, and, I, and uh, she, like you said, a woman – I I've met and talked to a lot of women. They say, oh, well, I done already raised my kids, and they're grown now. Now, here leads up, push up against another problem that women tend to have, is that if you done raised your kids and they're grown now, that means also you're older now. And, and there's a difference between men and women when it comes to dating, when it comes to age. A man is as, as young as his money. A man is as young as his money, and like the uh, Pianchi said, and he's not limited to just women around here. He can go from different age groups. He can go from different uh, 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 geographical uh, areas. A woman sometimes, I hate to say it, but and I mean, it, it's not about emotion. It is what it is. They are limited because now you have an age fact. See, women tend to throw up their accomplishments like the job and the degree men don't care about that men are not with you for yet we're with you i'm sorry most men are with you for the physical for the physical attraction for the physical whatever it is they're not with you for all those little accomplishments that outside of being their woman it's just the way these things are we, we was asking the question was is it easier for one or the other? It is unequivocally easier for men to get back out there in the dating scene. A man could be in a wheelchair. As long as he got money, he's going to have a woman. He'll have a supermodel <laughs> with him. <laughs> but a woman cannot do the same. She's going to get a bum. Or she can, a man going to sleep with you before he choose you to marry. Women choose when to sleep with. Men choose when to marry. Period. That's the fact. All right. All right, thank you for your 
Thank you for your thoughts, Kevin. I appreciate you for being giving you the three cents, King. Um, I think Kevin definitely brings some things that are worth exploring. I actually mentioned it in the um, actual um, p- promotion uh, to a degree when I thought of it just from a woman's certain standpoint. I says, hey, you know, after a certain age, does that play a major role in what future dating opportunities looks like? So I think that is something that we absolutely have to explore. Um, Latrice, you being a lady on the show. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that is a reality. That I don't. I don't th- I think. I don't think we should run from. I think sometimes society tries to, to a degree, um, but it is definitely. I do agree that, um, regardless of you know how Kevin puts it, the reality is, in my well, I'll say in my opinion, I think the reality is, um, it definitely is different at what point that you decide to get the divorce. I think it is a difference. Your thoughts, Queen. Um, I think I actually agree with Kevin. I don't necessarily agree with the way that he put that he put it, and I do understand why he views women as a dime a dozen, um, considering the way he he communicates things um, across. Um, I, I do agree that age definitely plays a factor in it, but then also um, women at a certain age are not about the nonsense. So you can date a, a teeny bobber, and yeah, you'll get your, your you know you'll you'll have fun physically. But for me, it's never been about, it's never been only about the physical relationship. Can I have an intelligent conversation with you? Can we talk about social issues in society in a constructive way? Those are things that are important to me. And believe it or not, there are unicorns, there are men out there who actually enjoy indulging in those kinds of things. And so those are the types of men <laughs> I'm drawn to. So, so I wouldn't be. No, but, but I'm just saying that, that, that you know, for, for a lot of men, they, they, she they are focused the, on the she physical. Back to the, she back to the numbers now. She done made us unicorns, Emil. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't unicorns now. I'm just saying. But I want to bring up something else. I want to bring up something else. I'm just saying. 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 Um, but also, to Kevin's point, they reach a point where they also age. And he can say, you know, because I've reached a point where, you know, I've encountered men in my dating life who had reached a point where they, they could not pour around, if you will. They had medical issues, and they were looking for someone to settle down with and take care of them. And when they came to me, I was like, no, sorry, boo. I'm sorry, I'm not that person. Now, if we were in a relationship and you became ill, I'm down with you 100%. But I'm not entering into a relationship with you as your caregiver. You should, instead of Match.com, you should be on Nurses.com because I'm not that person. And so while we can talk about men and and, and youth, but it reaches a point where they want someone who they know that's going to be there to help them help roll that wheelchair. Because let's face it, women have longer longevity than men do. Hey, longer longevity? You say, hey, my stuff still works. Yo, we can't back. we can't hook up. We can't hook up. I can dig it. <laughs> we up against the break. Uh, we'll get to uh, the Asia as well as another caller um, on the line when we come out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a teenager or have a teenager who wants to be an entrepreneur, this commercial is for you. 20-year-old J.L. Priester brings you the Passion to Profits virtual webinar for youth 20 and under looking to get a jump start on entrepreneurship. J.L. started her first business at 14 years old 
and now teaches young entrepreneurs how by the age of 16, she was earning up to $75 an hour vending at events, sometimes bringing in over $1,800 in one weekend as an entrepreneur. JL's hands-on, step-by-step teaching style makes the Passion to Profits webinar an easy-to-understand guide into first-time entrepreneurship. JL also loves to share her marketing secrets for how she grew an online community to generate repeat customers. If you have an idea you are passionate about and want to turn that into a profitable, well-run business, then look no further than the Passion to Profit online webinar, Saturday, November the 20th, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For ticket info, please visit mycaponya.com. That's M-Y-K-U-P-O-N-Y-A.com. Market calendars, November 20th. Get your teenagers in the Passion to Profit webinar. This morning's discussion question, is dating after divorce harder for men or women? Special guest co-host Latrice Ross, as well as special guest Sean Hyman, Hyman. I'm sorry, I've been saying it all. I've been saying it wrong all night, all morning. I'm sorry, Sean Hyman, as well as Emil Bryant. Uh, we got a caller. We want to go to uh, area code six four seven last three zero five zero. Give us your name and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Yeah, the name is Patrick. Um, I'm just. I, I, I agree with what the brother was saying. It, it is true. So I don't really want to get on on, on that. Too much. I want to take a more positive slant. I think there are things that. Well, first of all, women who are divorced, it, that's not a stigma, like it used to be, and one of the reasons because there's so much single parenthood out. You know, she's just seen. You know, and people doing things outside of wedlock. So, I, I don't. I don't think divorce is a stigma anymore. Not at all. And it's seen differently if you have children. If you've been married and divorced, that's not really that's not a knock on you. Even the children part is not a knock on you, right? Um, so I think there are things that men and women can do to kind of help this situation, um, just with ourselves and, and understanding the marketplace, the dating marketplace, and understanding what the other side kind of wants, right? Um, the brother talked about money and having your finances in order for men. Um, the brother also talked about women and, you know, maybe beauty being a part of or attractiveness or, you know, fitness or something like that. So I think there's things that men and women can do after divorce to make it easier on themselves to get back in the game. And it's really just about self-improvement. Nah, strong thoughts. Um, thank you. Uh, Pat. Uh, Pastor, are you still in Canada or are you back in the States now? Just, you know, just like to highlight what you're calling for. Not yet. Next year. Next year. Next okay. Year. Oh, okay. You're going to be up there for another next year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah I, you next know, year. You know, I love highlighting when somebody didn't call in from outside, you know, outside of Conan. So <laughs> I, 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 I do have one there, more brother. comment, though. Oh, yeah. Please go I ahead. I have brother. one more comment. Yeah, go ahead. Just really quick. Um, when when I, I think when when the whole thing of younger women comes up, this whole notion of younger women being teeny boppers or ditzy or something like that. I think a lot of times when you're divorced, you're in your forties, probably maybe late thirties. So younger is probably mid to late twenties, maybe even thirties, early thirties in a lot of cases, just randomly bringing this up. So, I mean, there's some sharp young sisters out there. 
they're really sharp. So I just wanted to kind of push back a little bit on that narrative. I'm not I'm not um, promoting somebody dating much younger or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I, I, I kind of sometimes I hear snipe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I just wanted to say there's some really sharp younger sisters out there that where no, I, I can think, see. I think, some I think it's very being, fair. Yeah, I think it's very you know? fair in how yeah. it's been. I think you're being fair in how Absolutely. you're offering it again. Because a lot of times we're just dialoguing in general, right? And so, so yeah, you heard it, you know, in a sense from Latrice in a general way. I, you know, I, I, you know, she's not categorizing everybody specifically as that's all you're doing. But for she's just kind of highlighting it for the men that want to do that, have at it, if you will. And you're right. Um, from your perspective, just pointing out, I think it's worth bringing up too, uh, because a dialogue that also needs to happen. We won't do it on this show, but a dialogue that needs to happen, I think, is. Um, we're only in recent years have we've gotten quite to a degree uncomfortable with, with decent aid differences within marriages. That was quite the way historically um, as recent as, as of the last 50 years, if you will. And now we look at it in ways that are, that generally speaking, that even our generation, it's natural. We want to marry someone similar to our age, which is a very natural thing. Uh, but there is real life, real life differences in general in maturity. So mm-hmm. there, there's favor in women who are usually mature than us. Quite often, finding you know an older man. Sometimes I think that's something that we're not always okay with in today's time. That was very normal just 40, 40 years ago. So just My so point, I think I like yeah, go ahead, Latrice. yeah. That's a good point, but I also like to think, you know, add, talk about something else that Kevin said. He, he actually said as long as a man has money, he has options, essentially. Um, but when we, look at, at, when we look at particularly black women, many of us have, at a certain age, have achieved our own sense of financial freedom. And the, the part of the reason that many, of, many black women of, of a certain age, um, they don't want to deal with the drama that's associated with, with trying to determine whether a man is being sincere in his efforts to pursue you or not. So oftentimes we will just say, you know what, I'm going to get me a pet and I'm going to, I'm going to keep it moving. So it's not as if a lot, you know, there are some women who are just, just fine being single. They are in situationships and they're okay with that. So I want to make it clear that not every woman is sitting at home pining away to be in a marriage. When you reach a certain age, a certain level of maturity, there are just certain things that you're not going to deal with and you don't want to deal with, and you make that decision consciously and intentionally. And it's not that you're doing it from a sense of despair either. So, you know, for someone to lead with, as long as a man has money, he has options. But what about if that money goes away? So do those options go away too? So, you know, it's a lot of nuance to the statements that he's making. And when we talk about, you know, when we really bring it back to who, who is it more difficult for, and we look at the larger number of single black women, oftentimes many of those single black women have made a conscious decision to not deal with the drama. Um, there are trust issues from previous relationships where people were not sincere. They may have had other types of painful relationships, and they've not gone through therapy to deal with that. Um, there may be fear of being divorced again if their divorce was, was traumatic. And so for some women, they are very happy to remain unmarried. Um, and that's perfectly okay. We don't, you know, I don't want it to, you know, I don't want it to make, to, to let the show turn into, you know, right. 
you know, his statement, you know, men, women choose who to sleep with, men choose, women choose who to sleep with, men choose who to marry. For me, it's going to be a two-way street. You don't choose me. I'm not a piece of property. It's a mutual decision made from a place of respect and love that we would decide to marry. Yeah, I have a sister. Um, she was in a conference, so she wasn't able to be on the show, but she shared these thoughts were really kind of just along the lines that you're saying, and I'm just sharing them again for anybody that's a first-time listener. Um, we just welcome opinions here. So just because I'm sharing it, um, you know, it's in, it's in agreement to what Latrice is saying, but I'm not sharing it as if it's my thought, if you will, and we don't care what your thoughts are, so please call in as well. Um, but her thoughts were just, again, she wasn't able to get on this morning, but she just said, um, um, I'll share with you that I no longer am interested in dating. I'm highly content with traveling, relaxing, and enjoying myself, my life, and my money on my own terms. I'm just happy. I'm in a very selfish place in my life, finally. Should I meet someone um, who understands me? Maybe. But he would have to be extremely, um, extremely, um, misunderstanding the word here, entreating of my current lifestyle. Uh, probably accommod- I don't know, maybe accommodating on my current lifestyle and prioritizing myself and understand that I would, she's at the point where she says I will never share a home. Um, so I will consider such a man until then. I love it here. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, there are sisters that, that are doing it contently. Um, Sean, I want to hear your thoughts to some of the stuff that's been said. Any thoughts? Um, a couple of places I want to go before we get to um, the Asia. Um, but go ahead, um, King, any thoughts to anything that you're hearing right now? Yes, I um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in Latrice's mouth, but I do totally agree with what she's saying as far as women being content with the things that they have and where they're at in life. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that comes from a place of maturity. I, I think that's the biggest thing, if I'm correct. Because if you are, like, I think what Kevin was saying, or somebody who called in, we're talking about as far as men having money and options, I think that's more attractive to younger women you know, 20s and maybe early 30s kind of thing, you know, with the whole money thing. But when, you, when you're when you a mature woman, you've been through the storm and the rain. You you know, you nobody can just pull the hood over your head and just say what they want to. You know, it's like, nah, I'm good, bruh. You know, I think when you're more mature, you, you're more likely to do away with the foolishness or like with money, like what Latrice was saying, that money comes and goes. Like you can be paid one day, but you can be broke three three months from now who knows but and no no knock the younger women but a lot of times younger women don't look at that they like oh i want a man you know that six foot four dark chocolate makes six figures like they have this list but until you lived a little uh like the old folks say you know just keep on waking up they realize <laughs> that okay life is real so you, you got to go deeper than just your pockets Right. No, and Montoya, one I'd like to add to that is that that one when I got my divorce, my, my scene for that year, a couple of years outside of my divorce was I'm having a love affair with Latrice, and that was my scene for the entire year that year. And that meant that the focus was on doing things that made Latrice feel good. And one of the things that I derived from my therapy that was that until you are happy alone in your life, until you feel a sense of fulfillment by yourself, when you seek fulfillment in others, that's not a solid foundation on which to build a relationship because you are putting your happiness and your sense of fulfillment in the hands of another person, and that person can let you down. And with that letdown comes despair. And so until men, until women 
are happy and feel a sense of fulfillment in their lives without anyone else, they're not going to be successful in relationships because they're going to be consistently looking for people to add to to fulfill them instead of looking for people to augment or add to their already fulfilled life. That uh, makes a lot of Can sense. Can I make a quick comment on that? Yeah, please go ahead, King. Yeah, um, I agree with that, but I think that's men and women, right? That's men and, and women. I mean, we, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm just kind of, it's, it's men and women. And I think when you're divorced, you have a certain, you know, it's not there. I have a friend of mine, a woman who went out with a younger guy, went on a date with a younger guy. And one of the things that was refreshing, she said, and this is the same with guys that I, I know, and even myself, when, you, when you're with a younger person who hasn't gone through all of that, there is something refreshing about them still being hopeful, you know, like that, them being hopeful from not having gone through this stuff, you know, divorce and mm-hmm. men being, you know, divorced, raped in court or women going through traumatic situations. There's something refreshing about being with somebody who hasn't gone through that, who don't have all that, that stuff on them, right? You know what I mean? Like those thoughts in their it. head and that kind of thing. So yeah, I hear that a lot of kids. Yeah, it makes sense. I can hear that loud and clear. Um, thanks a lot, Pastor, for getting in with us. I want to go to DeAsia. We're up against a break, so I'll definitely get DeAsia coming out of the break. But thanks for um, calling in and giving us your three cents, King. Yep. No problem. Anybody else wants to be like our callers, the number to get in if you're online is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. If you are in Atlanta looking for a home, we all, the housing market is crazy right now. You definitely need to hook up with my man, Ephraim Abdullah. Uh, he has a real unique, that when we mentioned that, um, that virtual offer, it's pretty slick, speeds up the game to get you in making an offer, which right now the market is hot. So I definitely recommend Ephraim Abdullah if you are interested in finding a home in the very hot and hard to find housing market with homes being snatched up so quickly and at quite high prices. So great time to sell, not an easy time to buy. He's your man. This morning's discussion question, is dating after divorce harder for men or women? Special guest Sean Hyman, as well as Emil Bryan, my special guest co-host is Latrice Ross. Um, the agent wanted to get back in and give us her three cents. So I'm going to go ahead and let her get in and 
Like, that's what you got for a creation. What you got, Queen? Oh, oh, it's me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh. Hit the wrong number. Sorry about that. All right, DH, I got you now. Hit the wrong number. Sorry, Queen. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, so I've been. It's been a lot that has went on since I pressed the one. So yeah, I okay. Sorry so first, that, I want to say this. So first, I want to say this. I totally agree with everything that Kevin called in and said. I know what he said. I I noticed that what he said was right on point. It was right on topic. But some of the verbiage that he used ended up being a trigger word, and I think that the conversation kind of went elsewhere. Um, What Kevin actually was talking about is not necessarily like what, what, what it sounded like he was saying was like he was talking about a woman instead of talking about a woman's experience and how men actually look at the woman, not necessarily talking down on the woman or anything, but, you know, once a woman is divorced and she's she's starting a date and he's saying this is how men actually look at the situation and making a point as to why dating for a woman after divorce is harder Mm -hmm. than dating for a man after divorce. So to me, he actually made some really good points. And even when he was saying something about, you know, if a, if a man has money, he has more options. And um, and when he was just talking about, uh, he said something about, you know, a man doesn't care about a woman, you know, accolades and her accomplishments and things like that. He was definitely on point with that because one of the one of the hardest things that I dealt with in my marriage was, my husband used to always tell me, I'm thinking I'm doing, I was thinking I was doing what I should do as a as a wife. Like, I got your back. You know, I'm jumping in. Like, anytime, you know, something comes up, I'm giving input on everything that comes up. Like, just everything because I'm thinking, like, oh, we're just in here together. We're working together. And he used to tell me all the time, I just need you to be my wife. And I'm like, I am being your wife. Like, what do you mean? I'm not understanding it because I'm thinking I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. And the only thing, the 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 things, and I won't go into the detail, but once we got a divorce, and I, even though I got hurt in, in, in the relationship, I still wanted to know, just because you, you're hurt doesn't mean that you're right. So I, I still wanted to know, you know, what what did he experience? Because, of course, you know, he got hurt, even though I got hurt, too. He was hurt as well. And once our emotions was out of the situation and we were able to have a conversation, I was able to see where I actually went wrong in that situation as not just, like, yielding to my husband. And I understood what he actually meant when he was like, I just need you to be – basically, he just needed me to be accessible to him. All of the other stuff and whatever else I was doing and, you know, thinking I'm going and trying to uh, save the world or, and, and be a superwoman or whatever the case may be, he didn't need that from me. You know, so we have to take that into account, and we have to look at the fact that, yeah, men do look at – a woman who is the voice a little bit different than we look at a man who is the voice because just right now I'm it's a difference when it's a woman who has a divorce and she's decided that she don't want to date and she's going to get her cats and that's it for her. It's different for a woman who is actually out here dating right now. I'm still out here dating, you know, hoping to, you know, possibly get married again. My ex-husband is remarried already. 
And our divorce didn't actually finalize until February of last year. And he's already married again. Now, granted, we were separated prior to anybody that's been divorced know that, you know, the separation come long before the divorce actually finalized. So we were definitely, you know, done with each other right. prior to that. So we, I am at a stage where I'm I'm able to move on. It might sound like it's fresh, but it's not that fresh because we were, it just didn't get finalized until February of last year. But however, he's already married again. It wasn't nothing for him to just pop up and jump in a situation because even though we want to look at, we start talking about all of these numbers and all of this feel-good rhetoric or whatever the case may be, and, you know, like, at the end of the day, there's more women out here that's single that want to be married that that than it is, you know, the, the numbers, mm-hmm. like, outweigh each other. And then you have these men out here. You have these women. Like, these women will take on, a lot of women will take on whether we see that the person that they marry is of quality or not of quality or whatever the case may be. It's still easier for a man to find a woman and for him to remarry if that's what he wants to do versus a woman who is divorced mm-hmm. that wants to remarry. Like, I don't have any kids. So the thing about having kids and everything, that's one of the nuances of the situation. Like, right. you know, what you come with and all of that, that's the nuance of the situation. I don't have any kids or whatever, so no, I don't have whatever that baggage looks like as a kid, but it don't have to have anything to do with anything other than the fact that I was in this long-term relationship with this man in this marriage and it failed. And now somebody just can look at that a certain type of way. Um, Montoya, you're not married. You've never been married before. I'm very right. sure that when you're talking to a, you, it's a difference between how you look at a woman that has been married before versus a woman who's never been married before. When you're out dating, is there any? Do you look any look at women any differently when right, 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 you right. learn that so, she's yes, been divorced so, or not? Right. That's fair. What happens is I don't look down on the situation, but I definitely is a plus. Because I think, oh, she's like me. She's never been married. So I do look at that as a plus. So there is a difference to answer your question, yes. Right. And it's not, and, it, and the thing is, when we assess these things, we don't have to, it don't have to necessarily be like it's a negative thing. Right, and I think exactly. when somebody says something, like even when Kevin was talking about the kids and everything, it got turned into like it's a negative thing. No, it's not because it was okay for Kevin. It was, it, it sounded negative when Kevin said that, you know, it's a baggage, but it sounded positive when Treese and the other guy was saying, you know, I don't want to raise younger kids. Y'all basically, y'all saying the same thing, but mm-hmm. it's like because it's coming from a different perspective, one sound negative and the other sound positive. Yeah. He's now, basically so you all, we all are assessing these situations and determining. Yeah, let me say this real quick, DAG. So to be fair to Latrice as well as um, I think uh, it may have been Emil that spoke on it. They said it that way. Um, they both gave credence to that it, he was basically saying the same thing. That was highlighted just to share it. Again, yeah, you're right, that it will be received differently. No, I've, I've been listening. I get it. I get it. Yeah. What I'm saying yeah. is I'm just making a larger point in a situation no, where right. in this yeah. case, like, the, the okay, the everything, everything what I'm saying is, I don't want to lose my train of thought because I get that part. But what I'm saying is the thing is, is we all assess the situation and to just drive the, mm-hmm. I think to drive the point home and kind of just really address, address what the actual topic is. I think that Kevin did give 
a a, a legitimate answer mm-hmm. to right. that question, and that, that's that's all I'm saying. Like it it it, it can, may come off wrong. It might not sound how we wanted to sound, right. or whatever the case may be. But he did give a legit response as to because we could go we could go back and forth made, about no, no, everything. No, you know, no, if you listen, there's nothing to go back and forth because you've made a solid. You know, you've given us a solid three cents on why you agree with him. I don't want to hear the assessments. I actually agree with you personally, uh, but I want to hear you know what our guests think about what you're saying. So, um, you know, strong points. Uh, you know, very, very strong. Go ahead, please jump in. Yeah, man. So, you know, one of the things we don't talk about enough is that second marriages end in divorce more frequently than first marriages do. It's like two thirds Mm -hmm. of second marriages end up in divorce. Almost three quarters of third marriages end in divorce. That somebody gets remarried quickly does not mean or guarantee they'll stay married long. So this is one of the fundamental fallacies that we have about uh, is it easier for a man or a woman. It may be easier for a man to find someone to marry, but that doesn't mean it's easier for that man to necessarily uh, stay in a long-term healthy marriage the second time. And to, to, uh, to really kind of put my stamp on this conversation, is it easier or not, it's harder to judge it if you're not taking the position that Latrice and I have been trying to articulate, which is are you looking for volume or are you looking for uh, or are you looking for quality? If you're looking for volume, I think it's easier for men. But if you're looking for quality, I think each of us has an equally difficult time because quality individuals are harder to find in a society that's getting further and further away from, uh, or I should say closer and closer to, superficial measurements of success, whether it's what car you drive, what house you live in, what degree you have versus can you hold a healthy conversation, can you hold a person in high esteem when they're not necessarily being their best self every day, can you see yourself? in a relationship with someone who doesn't necessarily look like they walked out of a magazine every morning. That's a harder conversation to have because quality is a much more difficult measurement to assess than volume. If you want to just see, go by the numbers, it's a little bit easier for men in one respect because the spectrum of available women is a bit broader because men, in my opinion, may have a different filter for what they consider acceptable. Uh, some men after divorce just want to have companionship, and you know what I'm talking about, but this is a family <laughs> show. Other men, are not, most men are not looking for deep conversation in that context. As they age, as they mature, men become more emotionally available. They become more emotionally comfortable with a vocabulary that expresses their, uh, their feelings and they may desire something beyond that simple companionship. Now we have a different conversation. Is it easier for that man to find a woman than it is for a woman who's already at that point in her life where she wants that emotional availability and that comfort discussing feelings and issues of the day? Now we have a different conversation. So I'm making a gradation here with a very complete intent because I know there's some things that are easier and harder depending on our perspective. 
No, I think that definitely needed to be added to the conversation. Um, DeAsia, thank you for getting back in as well. Uh, we got about a minute before we go, so I'll give you a quick thought before we go to the break. And when I come back, I want to have Sean talk directly about this because I've seen on one of his pieces talking about the idea of men remarrying faster, and he has, in my opinion, a unique perspective on it. So I want to hear that coming out of break. Um, but DeAsia, we'll let you close out um, this segment with, um, with the last thought. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I can I can definitely appreciate what he said, and we have to understand that quality is subjective and it's based on personal preferences. So what everybody is out looking for is totally different, and what they consider to be something of quality is, is totally different. And I think that's, that's just one of the nuances of it. But um, this is a really good – I think this is a really good conversation to have regarding dating after the divorce because – um, it's just giving me a whole lot of different things to look at to be able to better maneuver throughout the the dating scene. So you guys are doing a really good job here. Uh, thank you so much, Queen, for uh, piping in, and I'm um, pretty sure Kevin's um, jumping for joy to have a woman back him up for once. I don't, he don't. I don't think he. I think he thinks I'm against him all the time, and I definitely know he thinks the ladies are. So I think he's probably happy to have somebody backing him up today. So uh, uh, Kevin, I know you're still out there listening. Uh, the agent was on your side today, King. <laughs> All right, I'll holler. I'll yeah, holler I got you in this too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, Queen, thanks for your two cents. All right, we'll be back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you missed a live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, Definitely contact me again. That number is 404-604-9477. We have amazing rates on our packages. If you are an individual and believe in the return of Intelligent Radio, as I like to refer to us as, please go to mentaldialogue.com and become a member. Um, Emil is one of our uh, members. Latrice is one of our members. So definitely appreciate you all support. Uh, that's how we keep Intelligent Radio on the air. Um, Sean can tell you from doing a podcast, people think it's free, but it's not free for us to do this. So your support is needed to keep um, 
alternative media on the air, alternative media to what you're hearing in mainstream. Mainstream is pushing us in a direction that we all understand is not beneficial to our culture and society. And so you have to seek out uh, different types of media, such as mental dialogue, such as scary is scary to remarry, so we can have real needed discussions that can you know, implement and help the culture. I uh, love what Deja said that, you know, we're giving her some things to think about as she's out here navigating these dating streets. Um, Sean, if you will, um, just based on the conversation we're having, uh, I've seen your uh, thoughts on why men marry faster, if you will. So um, if you will, I think it's a perfect time to dig into what you said in that podcast and, and, and the idea that you talked about in the beginning of the self-work and your perspective on, in a sense, what the difference is when it comes to is it harder for men or women? Your thoughts, King? Yeah, I think with uh, with women, they don't like to remarry faster than men. It's because during my research, most women look at marriage as a chore because they like, I have to help. You know, not only do I have kids, but I got to help clean up behind my husband. My husband still believes in traditional roles where he might not want to fold clothes or wash dishes, but she got to be stuck with the kids, help with homework and all these other things. So she's looking at him as another responsibility. So she's like, I don't, I don't want to get married again, which is something that we need to break those norms as far as uh, men doing more help around the house. And you do have some. But that's not a popular uh, conversation that we like to have. But that's one of the reasons for divorces, the, 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 the division of housework. People don't, don't think about those things. Um, and then with men, men, contrary to popular belief, men don't like being alone. So when, when a woman be like, I can't find a good quality man or, you know, I, I don't know why I'm not married yet, it's just because it depends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It depends on the person. Everybody is different, um, but men don't like being alone. That's why we remarry faster. I even in my situation, I remarried faster than my ex-wife. My ex-wife still single, and I met my wife on Instagram. We married six months later, and we coming up on a four-year anniversary uh, at the end of this uh, next week. Matter of fact, so yeah, man, we don't. Thank you. We don't like being alone, but I would say also it's just not that I didn't just choose just to pick her just to be alone. I will say that she had all the qualities that I possess when it came to morals and values and the way we see things. So I will say that. Well, yeah, let me highlight this because I remember this from your broadcast. You know, I don't remember when you did it, so maybe. But uh, you were just highlighting a big aspect of the self-work. And while both, in a sense, need to do it, I think we are sh- – I think I think it's fair to say this, and y'all can bite my head out if you want, um, but I think it's fair to say, and I think you mentioned this as well, like the idea of self-work, as much as we say men and women need it and that our culture and community needs it, um, the concept of um, what somebody did to you in a relationship, kind of a lot of times when you leave the relationship, you know, I've been through this myself, where you are putting a lot of the blame on the other person. And so the idea of doing the self-work is sometimes lost. And so a lot of times we repeat cycles. Is it to a degree, I think women tend to do that more and sometimes miss out on the self-work in order to get into a situation that they're comfortable with. I think there are things they have to consider more than we as men have to consider. So that's another aspect to it. But am I off, am I off 
with this thought. I think you mentioned some of that as well, Sean. Yeah, I, no, I think you're spot on. Uh, I will say even in, with me, you know, I I have two therapists. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife and I, we have our marriage therapist who we who we uh, counsel with together. And then I have my own individual therapist, and she has her own individual therapist. You know what I'm saying? So we, we do the necessary work. I think with doing the work, because for me, going through my divorce, I was 24 when I first got married. So I was young, and I did a lot of stonewalling. Like, I was shut down, like being not emotionally available for her when my ex-wife wanted to talk. You know, my love was conditional. Uh, I didn't know how to process my feelings, so it came out in bad ways. But that was something that took me years to realize. You gotta have uh, self. You gotta self realize this is where I'm going wrong at. Because if you're not willing to check yourself, you're gonna damage every person you date. So you gotta make sure that you're like having that self awareness. Like, oh, this is why I struggle. Let me get help in this area and let that person you with let them know this is why I struggle. So at least that way you're giving them a fair share of saying, do I want to deal with this or not? But if you don't have self-awareness, you're going to destroy everybody that you come in contact with because you can date the same person, just different faces. Now, Latrice, I'll go to you here. And so, again, I hope I'm just hear your thoughts on that just from the standpoint of, you know, while we know humans, especially in a situation that that ends, um, you know, men and women equally, in a sense, can be harmful to one another. Um, but I, I think I think I'm not offline, but just due to our egos, in my opinion, in general, generally speaking, but due to our egos, um, once you leave the situation, I, in in a lot of cases, think women tend to hold on to what that man done to them sometimes m- much longer, especially when, you know, when there's no therapy involved, and tend to hold on to that much longer, and so sometimes it plays a huge role in them being either successful in the dating pool afterwards. Is that, do you think that's a fair comment for me just in um, general, just generalizing here? I, I think it might be. Um, I, I think that women are, it's easier to, for women to um, emote about, well, you, you just like every other guy I dated or something like that. So I do think in that sense that yes, that is more, um, more likely for women, um, but I found that in dating that that or in you know attempting to date that there are there are men who have those triggers as well, and they mm-hmm. just may not express that it's a trigger from a previous relationship. But mm-hmm. when you really stop and analyze the situation, and, and even if you can get him to open up, it is likely something that happened from a previous relationship or even from their childhood. One guy that I dated was very insecure. And it wasn't necessarily that the women that he dated, but it was the fact that his mom cheated on his dad. And so he was carrying that into his adulthood, and he was very distrustful of women as a result of that. And so we definitely as a community, well, I know that, that we like to say we can pray about it, but you can pray and seek therapy at the same time. One is not mutually exclusive of the other. And for me, I, I didn't begin to date until after three years of therapy, after my divorce, because I got married at 20, divorced at 45. So I didn't know who I was as a middle-aged woman because I got married as virtually a young adult. And here I am in an entirely different life stage, a different life space. I've raised children. I've helped raise a husband. Um, 
And so I needed to probably package those 25 years in order to be emotionally whole. And for me, when I did begin to date, it was I'd already done the work. I had a sense of peace, a sense of fulfillment in my life. So it wasn't about the nonsense. And when you threw those red flags on the play, I was like, deuces, the nice knowing you. And the person uh-huh. I've allowed in my life now is one that's emotionally healthy and whole. That makes sense. And I mean, highlight doing that type of work. Um, Emil, I'm definitely jumping to you. I just want to just really highlight what she just oh, said. That in, you know, if, if if we don't take anything from it, us as men and women, especially been in a situation, obviously I haven't been married, but same thing with, in a sense, relationships and moving forward. If you do the self-work, that's going to set you up to do and what Latrice just talked about, you know, getting someone who's on that level because they've done the work. Go ahead, Emil. Um, go ahead, King. I mean, uh, what, yeah, what Latrice said about red flags is something that I think in in any situation, male, female, looking to date, we got to start being more sensitive to these red flags because we give people a pass because they have a nice body, a nice face, they have money, they have a nice car, nice home. Uh, and so we give people a, red, uh, a pass on some red flags that we should be paying more attention to. And uh, when you start doing the work, uh, as I alluded to earlier, where you start seeing yourself as, as becoming whole through the work you do in terms of self-development, therapy, you begin to recognize that those red flags that you used to ignore may be the self-sabotage you don't want to participate in anymore. And your job is to be able to say what you want affirmatively and also to be able to say what you don't want with that same uh, with that same conviction. And one of the things that I learned over the years is as I became better at knowing who I was, loving myself, I became more discerning about what was truly important to me and what wasn't. And it got less and less physical, less and less uh, about the appearance of a thing, and much more about the depth and the reality of a person's soul and heart and, pers- and personality. And that's where when, it's, uh, when we look at what's easier for men or easier for women, we really have to ask the harder question, which is, is it easier for men or women to learn who they are before they enter back into the dating pool? And that's, that's a much a more difficult question to yeah, answer because it requires a level of self-introspection that we're not really used to until we go through a hard thing like divorce. Now, I love it. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Uh, let people know how they can stay in contact with you. I want to turn the last minute over to Sean as our special guest so he can get out his information for how people can follow his podcast as well. But any public information you got, um, knock it out in 30 seconds, Emil. Thanks a lot for being with us, King. It, it's yeah. a pleasure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any public information you want to give out, Emil, to, um, for people to stay in contact with you before we turn it over to Sean? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um you can you can reach me at my website www.emilbryant.com and learn all about what I do and how I do it. I'm a personal and business consultant, and I love helping people become their best self and helping their business become their best business. So myname.com is how you reach me, and from there you can get all my social media, which is LinkedIn and TikTok. All right, Sean. Thank you, King. Amazing. You got 30 seconds to get out your information for how people can stay in contact with you. 
Yes, they can find me on all social media platforms. Just search It's Scary to Remarry. It will pop up across on all social media platforms. Like it on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can find me on all those platforms. Thanks, Montoya. Uh, thank you. Just my present, a new podcast every Wednesday night. Um, you can jump in live with us. It's not listening to me for 30 minutes. It's you jumping on, and I'm giving you my three cents about different issues on race, sex, and culture. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.